Hi guys. Um welcome back to the podcast. Hey. Um we just want to start off this podcast by saying first may Ruth Bader Ginsburg me- memory be a blessing. We miss Aww. you already. And we are so sorry to the family of Brianna Taylor for for everything, honestly. Yeah. But yeah, we just want to say that. I mean, I think this week's episode is going to be about being a woman in America, a black woman, and yeah. We've had some pretty we've had some hard losses this week, I think. So this is sad. I know. I know. It's just like when you think about I mean, I've seen all those memes, especially um when Brianna was first murdered. I see all these memes and it's like being black in America is to be like sad and numb at a drop yeah. of a hat. Like you can have be having the best day, but then you're also you come home and you read these articles and you see what's going on to people who could be you or someone you love. And it's just saddening. Yeah, I definitely think that. Yeah, it's not something that wasn't really pointed out until this year. Um I think because when George Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery, and Breonna Taylor's death all, like, came about and, like, friend and people we know were learning about them, and I'm just, like, the other deaths and, like, things that are happening in the black community that we know about, and, like, these are just the national ones. Right. And the ones that are in such light is so tragic. It's so tragic. Yeah. I'm reading the this book, the Cass book. Wait, actually, let me look at what it's called because I should really know. Hold on. Um, this book was recommended. It's Oprah's book club book of the okay. month, or I don't know how long her book. Club yeah. Okay. It's just, it's just called Cast. Okay. Cool. I was like, am I? Who is it by? Oh. I think we're gonna bring the book back to the mic. Okay, let me just look it up. Sorry, guys. This is unprofessional. Okay. Um, Cast, The Origins of Our Discontents by Isabel Wilkerson. Um, But yeah, I was reading that. And in the book, she named all these hate crimes that happened in all over the U.S. And I hadn't heard of any of them. And I was like, wow. Like, this is crazy. You know, if you're not in that state or whatever and it didn't make national news like why would you hear about it unless you were just looking at you know the Oregon local news you know what I mean like so it's just crazy how much has really happened that we just don't even know about yeah it's well even like historical events like the Tulsa and like Black Riot Black Black Riot Black Wall Street Mm -hmm. it's it just shows like the lack of like our history like lessons in school even coming from like a liberal 
education or like I don't know if it's a liberal education but like a more informed education than most yeah we still aren't like given the full story and um Black History Month is very wash rinse repeat type of thing um yeah very one-sided yeah but it's just like being a black woman is also like it's so hard because there's so many different messages and it's just like a lot of the times the voices that are speaking on these issues are from men and it's a man's death, which also absolutely 100% extremely tragic shouldn't be happening either. But like black women, oh my God, it's just like, because I saw this thing where it was like, because this is like, again, like if you don't know, then you why would you know that doctors are to black women what police officers are to black men which is so true because in I don't know the years or the figures of this but during like slavery in that time black women were used as like guinea pigs for like practicing surgery and testing medicine and so now there's this precedent in med school and doctors today that believe that black women have a higher pain threshold because when they did these tests and experiments, they never gave them anesthetics or what? What is it called? Anesthesia. You I, know, the thing that knocks you out. I can't really pronounce. You know the thing. You, anesthesia. anesthesia. There you go. Oh. Sorry. But so they weren't given that. So they just really, doctors like believe that black women have a higher pain tolerance so a lot of time they're turned away and they're not believed and like and like with black women in pregnancy like if you look at if you've heard the story of Serena Williams um pregnancy or um birth it's crazy how many times that happens to women to black women and I think she has even said, she's like, if I wasn't me, they wouldn't have even been paying attention like they were, but they weren't even really paying attention to me because she's Serena Williams, the greatest athlete of all time. She's pushed through countless injuries. So, like, they they thought she was healthy. I mean, she is, but, like, it's crazy being black. And, like, even, even now this, like, Black Lives Matter movement, which we are obviously in full support of, Um, Like, you have people speaking and saying things like, black women, we have to forgive the men and uplift them and stuff like that. And it's like, oh, who's uplifting us? This is a a lot to unpack. It really is. Sorry. No, it's okay. This is the real life. I just feel like being a black woman in this country is honestly exhausting. And that might sound dramatic or whatever people say. But you can't tell me it's dramatic until you friggin' lived it. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm over it. Until you like lived you said, it, don't tell me. With the whole doctor thing, I mean, the amount of times, even this past summer, I had a, I'm, I don't even want to say a health scare, but I had, you know, a health issue. And I went to the doctor or I went to the emergency room 
and a nurse or doctor, I don't know, someone was like, yeah, just give her Tylenol. Just give her Tylenol. And I was like, no, I'm in excruciating pain. Like, a Tylenol's not going to cut it. And it was so weird because I could tell, like, I was just so afraid of not getting the right care because I already know how it is. But I know the judgment and the preconceived notions that a lot of people in the medical field have towards me. And this one nurse, I, like, gave her a look and I was just like, I need more than Tylenol. This is going to be a problem. And she sent that woman away and I'm so glad she did. But it's just, like, sad that that even is a concern of mine. And I was just, like, thanking them so much and, like, trying to be so nice so that they wouldn't do anything bad to me or you know what I mean and even though they before they did whatever they needed to do they didn't let the numbing things wear kick in they didn't let my pain medicine really kick in so I felt everything that was happening and that's Mm. happened to me multiple times and it's just ridiculous at this point like that's why people don't trust these institutions like why am I scared to go to a doctor Yeah, I mean, every time I have to do something, thank God I have a cousin who's a doctor. Shout out to Dr. Ashley. She's the best. She takes all my calls because she's my cousin, so don't go bothering her. Um, (laughs) But every time my doctor prescribes me something or does something, I'm like, Ashley, is this all right? Is this what we doing? Is this good? Like, is this, like, I ask her and I'm like, is this medicine okay? Like, will it do what they're saying that it's supposed to do? Because I'd rather get a black woman, I mean, she's my family, but a black woman to tell me because I trust her only. And, like, and that's what's, like, my doctor now is a black woman and I cannot tell you. Oh, I just closed you. Sorry. I can't tell you the relief it is to have a black woman as your doctor. And when you say, I'm having mental health health issues, she's like, here's a black therapist. Because you don't have to explain to them what this exhaustion is and what this fatigue is. Because... Um, it that this is a whole other trauma added onto your own personal trauma and mental health whatever's and it's yeah. just like this whole from May till now has been truly draining and exhausting more than it has been in the past. Mm. Um and for me I don't know if it's because I'm now friends with a lot of people who are like new to politics and movements like this like cuz for us Grace and I um, we have been fighting the good fight, I'd say, our whole lives. Like, I mean, yeah, we don't really have a choice. But we don't have a yeah. choice, but, like, in the, like, we're very – our community is very active and has always been. So it's like being friends with people who are kind of, like, new to this and, like, explaining things. And, like, I know people talk about the exhaustion or whatever. And, like, I honestly don't mind – like, I think it's important to do that, and I don't mind being that person, but it's just draining. And for in this year has just been one hit after another. Like, it just, the hits do not stop, and it's rough, and it feels very urgent and <sighs> exhausting. Yeah, I mean, I feel like 
I started realizing how not even exhausting. I I guess yeah, like draining it is when I looked back and I'm like, wow, there's so many things I realize that are in my normal day that I have to think about all the time that I realize other people don't. Like mm-hmm. the way that I do basically anything. I mean, not as much anymore living in New York, but still like if I have a job interview, we've talked about this oh, all the yes. time. I have oh, to have my hair straightened. Or if I'm meeting new people who are, yeah, if I meet new people in general in a work setting or any setting, I have to think about kind of how I'm going to be perceived. I can't be too weird. I, I don't want to be too white sounding. I don't want to be too, um, like, I don't want people to think I'm too black. You know what I mean? I mean, I don't really care about that anymore. But when I was younger, yeah. that was definitely like a thing that I would yeah. always have to think about. And there's just meeting, being around police. I feel uncomfortable. I don't feel safe. I just feel guilty for some reason. And I'm just like, what? Like, I just would assume that they would talk to me or try and like arrest me or I don't even know. You know what I mean? Like, I just feel yeah. tense around police. And it's just like so many little things that add up and so many microaggressions that we have to deal with on a daily basis that really just weigh you down. We should have had Gabrielle on this. Got my sister um, did her senior thesis on, I can't recall the full name, but it had to do with black women microaggressions in, um, I think it's collegiate sports, whatever, but basically microaggressions against black women in her industry. And uh, when she was laying them out, I was like, oh, these are microaggressions. I just, they're my everyday. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I didn't even think about it in that way. Well, that it's wasn't just, even like a term that people were saying yeah, like two it, years ago, I feel like, yeah. you know. Or we just didn't see it. But it's, um, yeah, I mean... I, when what age would you say you knew that the world was going to be harder for you? See, I I don't really enjoy that question because I feel like I've always known. Like yeah. I've always been aware that my life is different and like I But there wasn't like a moment for you. No, like, was uh, there a moment for you? Um I feel like Well, feel you like know what? I, I take one. I take this back. It's not – so I always under, – I feel like I've always understood that, like, in a large sense, at one point, black people were looked down upon and thought of as lesser humans. And my mom and my – would always be like, no, like, you've got to prove them wrong. Like, you've got it. like, it's still happening. And mm-hmm. I just, like, could not grasp it. Mm. I don't know, like, in, but I knew it was, like, a thing, and I was like, okay, I don't really see this, but okay, Mimi, I'm going to believe you. Like, right. I call my mother by her first name sometimes. I'm sorry, Mom. Um, <laughs> I, But, you know, and it's just, like, I don't know if it was a moment. Like, I knew it was a thing, but growing up in, like, a, so, like, our town is liberal, but it's, like, more like a, um, what is that term what's the term performative performative yeah it's very performative and not to say that it isn't more than the average liberal town but it can be a little performative 
And so it makes you feel like, because they're telling you that it's so diverse and it's so great that you believe it. And then something happens that tells you otherwise. And you're just like, oh, wait, never well, mind. Growing up, I would definitely say our, our school was diverse. I think diverse and... Um, what I mean is like... I, I get what you're saying, but I think you're using the wrong terms. Okay. You know what I, I mean? Yes. Yeah. I would I, say they weren't inclusive. Guys, okay, yes. That's you know what, what I mean. Because they was different. They weren't celebrating like us and our, yeah. and our culture. Because I remember I used to get made fun of by, I mean, everybody. But I remember my uncle had come to pick me up from school one day. And um, shout out to Mr. Onifre. <laughs> mm. uh, he was just a teacher you at our school. Yeah, I don't care. What? I mean, he did it. This is a true story. Okay, keep going, girl. Um, my uncle came to pick me up. My uncle is very African, very heavy accent. And um, he came to pick me up, had to, you know, check in with the teacher. And um, the teacher went on to make fun of my uncle's accent and be like, oh, you sound so uneducated and, like, was very rude about it and, like, made fun of him and his English. And I was just like, okay, cool. Like this authority figure is making fun of my culture. That doesn't seem right, but okay. I mean, I guess, cause at that time it wasn't cool to be African like it is now um, in the general public. I mean, still it has its challenges, but that's back when like everyone would be like, oh, African booty scratchers, you're from Africa, AIDS. Ugh. Like you guys don't even speak English. You speak in tongues and, all this horrible stuff. I wish y'all could see me rolling my <laughs> I mean, it's true. And that's why I was so ashamed to say I was African for so long. It probably wasn't until college that I was, like, actually, like, proud. And it's really sad because I feel like I distanced myself from my whole culture because of what other people thought, which is yeah. really depressing. <laughs> yeah, really I'm sad. so sorry. that. And, okay, this is, like, a whole, like, level difference, but... I will never understand the making fun of people for having an accent while speaking English and it's proper English. They're having a conversation with you, but they have an accent. I'm sorry. Clearly, you don't have the mental capacity to learn more than one language, especially as an adult, because it's harder. Right. Like, do you know the skills? It's not Grace. Obviously, she knows. But um, the skills that it takes for adults to learn a whole other language and be fluent in it or basically fluent yeah. is ridiculously hard. Most people's brains are not wired to be that way. Um, and it's really hard work in every other place in the world. Every other place celebrates knowing multiple languages. I know. It's a skill. It is the great, like it's the coolest thing in the world that you can understand and speak different languages like I will never understand this like you need to speak English here why like if if, we pride our country on like being a melting pot (laughs) but there's just so much division yeah it's I but yeah I don't know I had like a different experience with like my culture like I could not be and I've never not been proud to be Haitian like it's literally I it's like my favorite fact I'm like I'm Haitian this is like when I was like a kid. Yeah. Um, I thought it was the coolest thing ever that my grandparents were immigrants. I was like, 
really mad at my mom for not being born in Haiti, even though obviously that's not her control. Um, my grandparents had two kids in Haiti and then the rest of their children here in America. Um, and I was pissed. I was like, Mom, how dare you? I Like, I could be the first-gen American. Like, I, I love the fact that my mom comes from, and my dad, comes from immigrant families. I think. I'm like, my grandparents worked incredibly hard. I think it's the coolest thing ever. Um, yeah, I just, I had, and I, I don't know, no one ever said anything to me that I remember. Honestly, I blacked out a lot of my childhood, so maybe they did. But I, I do mean, remember. Being from the Caribbean was cool. And no, well, and then I got to high school and everybody was like, or not everybody, but people were like, you're Haitian. You can't be Haitian. You're too, this sounds like I'm bragging, but I'm not. But they're like, you're too pretty to be Haitian. Like, that can't be. No, yeah, as a non-Haitian person, that's definitely a thing that they say. No, it's like. I have a bunch of Haitian friends here who they've told me stories like that. And apparently, like, it's a thing in the North because somebody said something like that to me and my cousin in France and she's like, I don't know if I could go back to Europe. And I was like, Europe? That was that's been said to me since high school by Americans. Like, yeah. what? And I was like, I, just I hate this notion of like we have to be a certain cookie cutter form of anything. And it's just like, I I don't look African. What does that look like? What does it look like to be Haitian? Is there everybody so look many, the same? <laughs> no, but even but with Africa, there are so many countries, let alone tribes, yeah. in different backgrounds in Africa that people can't even Amer- Black Americans because we don't know because we were stripped of our African culture, and it's not taught to us like European history isn't taught to us. Really, we just start at seventeen seventy six and go from there. Or the Mayflower, essentially, unless yeah. you're like specialized studying it. So I'm like, for you to be like, well, you don't look African. Have you been to all 54 countries? Visit the, the hundreds of tribes? I don't think so. You don't know. And you are you an African studies major? No, you're not. Like, I doubt you. You've probably met like a couple Native African people who are the who like have come from the continent of Africa. Right. But that even is a, a thing on like, an American level, too. Like That's so, what I mean. Yeah, it's like so many people are like, oh, you don't, you're not this, you're not black enough. And especially for women, it's just like, I, I mean, I've listened, I've watched a Facebook or a Instagram video of these guys going around asking other guys, do you prefer black girls or white girls? And it just really blew my mind how disrespectful they were to black women. And I was just like, Malcolm X's quote, guys, says it all. We are the most disrespected and neglected. And there's one other word in there. I actually have it on a t-shirt. But we are the most disrespected people. In yeah. And honestly, guys, if you there's so many videos and sound bites and clips of people ask of people asking black men or just almost any race a lot a lot of the times being like well why do you let's I'm thinking of a particular clip but they're like what why do you like white women and then they're like well black women are blah 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 Uh, we didn't say anything about black women we asked you why you prefer white women and you're gonna bash black women 
to justify your preference no that's not okay because like honestly like I I'm not a if you know me I don't really have a type but like that if your reason for liking someone another ethnic group nationality whatever is because you're trying to get the anti black woman is the response that I hear on these sound bites I'm just like no that's not okay like cuz black women are quote unquote angry and they demand too much of you and blah like yada 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 yeah that's yeah. like um little wayne and 50 cent they just did an interview not long ago and they were like yeah we like exotic looking women we don't like black women because they have so much attitude and they're just ratchet and i was just like you have to be kidding like you, you guys are born family. from black women you have daughters what's going on what message are we trying to send because i just don't understand why we have to be put down for no reason yeah. like you didn't have to bring us into it you didn't have to put us down. And then and in it, our eyes, that really messes with your head because it's like, oh, I don't want to come off as too rash. Like, even if you get in, if I get in arguments with people or debates or anything, I have to make sure that I don't become the angry black girl, you know, because you don't want that narrative of yourself. And it's just like, there's too many negative narratives that we have to change who we are to try and prove we're not it's just too much like let me just be me yeah exactly and I'm just like I love being a black woman god bless me by making me a black woman I want I love that about me I love being a part of the black community and we celebrate black men all the time so we why are you everybody everybody we're here for we are we're here for you all so like why yeah. are you doing this to us but we um my thing is, is like with you hear that narrative, especially as young girls, and from the moment I started liking boys, you are just your instant thought is, is I wonder if he actually likes black girls, like yeah, and it's the most terrifying thought, and it's and it truly it's like one of my biggest, I don't know if it's an insecurity, but it's just like a fear or something and it's like I have this weird notion that I like I don't know like it's it's what goes through my head instantly when I like any guy I'm like oh does he like black girls like yeah am I the exception like he probably will like my friends better or like he won't even consider me like and like I don't know it's it's a horrible feeling because it's like I love myself Mm mm-hmm but I don't want to have this thought. Like, I love who I am. I love what I look like. I love the community I'm a part of. Yeah. And I want someone that loves all of that about me, too. And, like, doesn't even question it. Yeah. I mean, I think with this whole Brianna Taylor's murderers not being charged, just further is another example of how we just don't receive love and people just don't care about or not people but we we grow up yeah in this society that does not love us the only time that I really I'm not gonna say I don't 
No, I don't. Yeah. America does not accept me for who I am because I'm black. And when I went to Africa, I have never felt so at ease and just welcomed and just normal. When I landed in Haiti, I was like, yeah. this is it. I was just I was like, like, wow. This is the greatest place. Yeah. I was like, wow, life is so like, I don't have to worry about anything related yeah. to my skin color. This is nice. Like, Yes. It, I, I, it truly was like the greatest moment landing in Haiti and being like, wow, we are the masses here. Mm-hmm. Like we are the majority and we all look alike. Like I was like, wow, I've never seen like a society really look just like me. Yeah. And it's thriving and it's like amazing. It was mm-hmm. so amazing. It's the best feeling. Yeah. And it's just, it made me sad though. Cause I'm like, Oh, I have to go back to go America. Back to <laughs> and it just sucks because that is ingrained in us from when we were so little. And I love when people try and gaslight what we have to say, because I remember when I was working at Nordstrom, I was really kind was of blowing up all the people today. Well, I'm not going to say her name because I don't really remember, but you said Nordstrom. Oh yeah, whatever. I was working at Nordstrom and I just remember, um, I was just getting really frustrated with microaggressions and you know, whatever the latest, you know, customer had said to me or whatever had happened. And I was telling my coworker how I was feeling. And she was just like, yeah, I just think you're being dramatic. Like you're reading too much into it. Like, you know, like your race, it doesn't, it, it, it shouldn't affect these things. Like you're just being sensitive. And then I was like, Oh, maybe she's right. Like maybe I'm just mm-hmm. making this up. And then I realized, no, no, these are very real feelings. If we're, I, from, we, from a young age, we're made to feel less than. Mm-hmm. How do you think that translate in, translates into your adult life? Like, we have so much self-doubt ingrained in us that we don't even realize because we don't even, we know our worth, but in this society, we really don't because what does our worth really mean when all these innocent Black women get killed and kidnapped and murdered and raped every day? You know, yeah. like, that could be us. And oh, I know, I, mean, like, I, I know that. Like, oh. It's crazy to think about, but like Brianna Taylor could have been me, you know, like yeah, exactly. It's just, it's just so sad and scary that we just are ingrained with this self doubt, and people really like applying to jobs. I mean, now companies are trying to be diverse. The amount of things I've seen on Twitter. Or like Facebook, and they're like, I applied to a company X amount of times, and then I finally took black off of my application and got an interview. And I'm like, yeah, that is so scary. And like, what are these people doing? Like, I just don't understand. And then this Wells Fargo guy coming out and saying that there's not enough black people to recruit. Oh, are you joking? Um, we're here. I mean, black women at the rate we graduate college. Come on now. No, but what you're saying about how like, um, you're like, am I being dramatic? I like ask that, but I don't say it out loud because I know that they're never not. And they're not wrong most of the time. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. when people are like well that was because of race and people are like oh like you make everything about race and I'm really like are we and then it's not we're not we know like we yeah. know when to call it out because we see it every day and the, most of the people 
who are saying like everything Germanic, they're probably white and they've never experienced racism on a daily basis. So they're mm-hmm. not trained to see it like we are. Right. And it's like, I've yeah. been on, it, it's like, and the thing is, is with like you and I, we don't have what some people think are like the black characteristics so they get comfortable around us and try to bash black people or push stereotypes and like oh yeah like, that's like crazy and we're just like what like and i'm like i look around and i'm like you are not saying these things to me yeah i mean i feel like especially like moving to new york is just something different here but um, I just noticed a lot of um, Dominican and Puerto Rican women, and I know for a fact that they are Dominican or Puerto Rican because they tell me, have said to me like, oh, I thought you were, because I'm pretty light-skinned, and they're like, oh, I thought you were Puerto Rican. And I'm like, do you not see the braids in my hair? But whatever. Besides that, you know, some people have braids too. And um, they'll be like, oh, but you're so pretty for a black girl. You're so this for a black girl he's so well spoken and I'm just like wait a minute I you think this is okay to say to me <laughs> like what <laughs> like what do you want me to respond yeah do you want me to say thank you thank like you? like you just insulted what? my race <laughs> it's just uh, it's just ridiculous I just wish and even um walking down the street if there's a white man he I, my, my friend and I, we stopped moving for them and the amount of collisions I got into because I stopped moving for white men on the street is crazy. Mm. And I'm like, do you just physically not see me? Am I just not here? Like, (laughs) does my existence not show up in your radar? Because you've literally just crashed into me at 2 p.m. in the afternoon on a huge sidewalk. Like, What? And it's just like little things like that that just add up and you're just like, what is this country I'm living in? Yeah. And why is it like this? I mean, I know it's it started this way, but these preconceived notions of black women and how we should be and what we should do and and all this stuff and then how we're actually treated make no sense. Because you can be the perfect quote-unquote black woman and still are treated terribly so yeah again refer back to serena williams look at how she is treated in the media in the by her doctors like she is the greatest athlete of all time and she goes through so much stuff and i'm just like and michelle my girl michelle which obviously there's no more iconic black women, but like, or like Regina King, who is now just getting the recognition she deserves for her like 20 plus year acting career. Right. Or even like, Viola Davis was like, yeah, if oh, I was uh, white, like Meryl like, Streep, she was, <laughs> she I would have had so much in, recognition. Yeah. And she, I mean, go watch Fences. Okay. Like Viola Davis is a legend acting and it's like she's treated like a b-list celebrity and it's yeah. like she can act circle i'm sorry she can act circles around emma stone 
And I still, I know this doesn't have to do with this podcast, but I will never understand the hype over La La Land. <laughs> Why this movie about the struggles of the industry hired the most bland actor and paid her so much money when you should have just hyped up someone new because that's what literally the movie was about, but whatever. A tangent, um, but okay. Sorry, I'm so sorry, <laughs> but that movie makes me angry. Mm. But that's what I mean, like, it's just like you can be... It's just like another women. thing, yeah, of us not being seen or respected. Like, where is the baseline respect? Because I just, it's, it's sad. I mean, now things are a little different, but... I remember um, I had a friend who wanted to start a business and they were like, I'm not going to mention that it's black owned. And they got a white partner, man, a white male to help run the business and be at the forefront of it. And she was like, yeah, I had to do that because otherwise I don't think anyone would have taken me seriously. Mm. What? And it's just so sad. The hoops that we have to go through honestly in any career and of course there are so many trailblazer amazing black women who are making it work but like we said regina king like all these actresses all these women in different career paths have to do so much just to get angela davis like that influential activist does not get nearly i mean granted malcolm x and mlk died or were murdered sorry um but she should be like just as praised as Gloria Steinem, if not more. Like, yeah, she does not get the recognition, even though she does, but she does not get the recognition that she deserves. But shout out to Times, they made her one of the 100 influential people of the year this year. Oh, I think Megan made that too. Was she on the cover? Megan Stallion, she was the number one influential <laughs> person of the year. Yes, Megan. Whatever. I mean, okay, look at Take Magnus Allian was shot by a man and oh. didn't call the police because and didn't charge him because she knows how black men are treated by police. What? Okay, can we also talk about how people were calling her a snitch and how people were saying, well, what did she do to provoke him? What? No. What? No, that's not what we're that. not going to do. Like, that's what I hate. It's just, I don't know why there's no compassion for us. It's always a matter, like when the Chris Brown and Rihanna thing happened. Well, what did Rihanna do? Well, what what does that matter? No one should be hitting anyone anyways. But if men, men like to say, oh, you know, we're the stronger, we're this, we're that. Okay, then you shouldn't be beating on women. You shouldn't be beating on anybody. Yeah. Stop beating people. What? And it just makes me so angry when people are like, well, what did she do? Like in rape cases, well, what did what was she wearing? What? What are we teaching the boys? Yeah, what we need to we need to be uplifted. Like, come on now. Stop it. I in oh I don't know how to work this in, but I've been waiting to say this back to somebody. Um (laughs) I hate when like men are like well, you guys and your periods and your emotions, do you know what hormone is released or I don't know, or what hormone is released when we're heightened on our period? Testosterone. We have more testosterone in our bodies when we're on our periods. So explain mm-hmm. to me that one. Explain to me that. Like, I'm so sick 
I'm so sick of women and black women and women of color being treated like they're second class citizens or humans that are there for men's benefit. We're not. We yeah. are not your sex toys. We are not your laborers. We're not your maids. Especially, mm-hmm. okay, like I can be your mom. That's fine. Um, but I don't like when, this is like a dating thing. I don't like when men treat women like they're their mothers. You're a grown man. Learn how to do your own laundry. Cook your own meals. Yeah. Uh-uh. Like, I'm not your maid. Like, we can share chores. We're an equal partner. Like, I'm I'm over it. Please don't treat me like that. Like, ugh. I know. I just don't understand how we're still at a point where we're just not equal to men. That's like a whole other episode and issue in itself. But it's just like, it sucks to know we're like the bottom of the barrel. You know what I mean? Like, it's like all the amount of times that we have done stuff and been like, dang, if we were maybe a different race, like, I would have gotten that job. Or And it's also been an influencer by now. Yeah, like have all these followers and blah, blah, blah. But it's funny, like when I was at Kent, and I made it onto a committee for our big fashion show. Mm. Um, for the model committee, one of the girls, my boss, I guess, she told me, yeah, this that one model, you know, she only got it because she was a person of color. Then she told me that. And I was, she was like, yeah, we have to have a certain percentage. And I was like, oh. And you were yeah. the only black girl on the board. Well, there were three of us, actually. And it was funny, we all three of us came together, we were in different departments, and we came together at the end, and we were like, we didn't even have to say a word, and we all just looked at each other, and we just already knew how we felt. Like, it was just, it sucks to know that they only think you're, I was qualified for the job, in my opinion. Oh, I was. I was, was overqualified. overqualified like, I could have ran the whole show by myself, honestly. Can't say people <laughs> may hate on me for saying that, but it's the facts, so whatever. But (laughs) I'm usually very humble. But um, yeah, I was definitely overqualified. And I don't like that I was made to feel like I was only there because of my skin color. And that's how they try and get people with affirmative action. And it makes you doubt yourself like, oh, do I actually know what I'm doing? Why did they hire me? Blah, blah, blah. And it's like, but no, we do need the representation. But also, I want to feel like I earned the position, you know? And it's like a hard line to cross because I like I knew I was being looked down on by these peers of girls who just, I mean, didn't really want to see me and those two other girls there. Yeah. Mm. It's getting mm. deep. It's it's crazy. I mean, you look around at like. I I mean, every classroom I've ever entered, every every job I've gone to, you find, you look around, you count the black people. It's usually less than five, especially in Ohio. Oh Um, gosh. Yeah. My college classes. But like, and it's like, I mean, I don't like it. I experience it at my workplaces and you probably do too. When it's like a, a predominantly white situation that the senior black person takes you aside and they're like, you got, I got you. You need something, I got you. Like, I'm yeah. here for you. Like, and I had a job where the, the one black girl 
was in HR and I was like, thank you. Cause like, if I really need something, you're the person I'm going to. Um, yeah, that's nice. But yeah, it's just like, I feel like people don't, even myself, I, like I said, when my sister wrote that paper, I was like, I didn't even realize these were like microaggressions mm-hmm. and like, I I'm having a lot of these realizations as an adult. Like um, I was watching a talk. This is again, just mostly about women, but in Ohio, it was really a black woman problem that this guy was like, I have never walked into a party, a house party, a club, a bar, and looked for the exits and like made sure I had an exit plan. And I was like, oh, yep, I've done that at every party I've ever been to. And it's like, where are the bathrooms? Do they lock? Is there like a bouncer by the bathroom? Is mm-hmm. there like, is it in a, like in a frat, like I would never go to a bathroom alone, first of all. Second of all, if it was like in a back part of the, um, wherever the house was, because I was like, if I'm trapped there, will anybody hear me? If I'm screaming, yeah. can you get out? Like, and I was like, in Ohio, it was e- even scarier because they kill them. It's scary. They're a little racist. I mean, yeah, that's a fact. Yeah. You can look at the numbers on that. Like a 15-year-old girl, or how old is she? We need like a fact checker or something. But uh, <laughs> a teenage girl was shot in her car at a stoplight. A black girl shot by a white man for no reason at like 4 p.m. in the afternoon in Akron, which for reference is only about 30 minutes from where we went to school. Really like 20. But yeah. Tamir Rice was um, killed in the same county that we went to school in. Um, Caitlin Bennett, um, gun girl, went to our college, saw her by my house multiple times. She scares me. Um, (laughs) She led open carry rallies on our campus. Um, yeah, so if that gives you, there was a recent hate crime at our college, I mean, it gives you an idea of where Grace and I went to school. I'm amazed I had a good time at senior year. Yeah, I did not share that experience, but, um. But you left early, so we don't know if you would have had an okay time senior <laughs> year. We don't know. Hmm. Yeah, we can never know. We'll never know. We'll but never yeah, know. it's just like. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a sad feeling to live in fear all the time. Yeah, sure. and, it's, <laughs> and it's so funny because I, so, I have close white friends who, like, have always listened and, like, tried to understand and, like, and then having some friends who are, like, invalidated. It's just, like, oh, who are you? What are you saying to me? Like, I can't be friends yeah. with you you're gonna invalidate my blackness and my black experience right yeah until you walk in our shoes i'm which you literally to... can't yeah so just be you're gonna have to just listen just have some empathy compassion and just i i want to urge the thought process of because it was like yesterday i had a thought a negative thought or i was i thought about something towards black women that was negative that I had been kind of not taught, but just what I'd seen growing up. I can't remember what it was now, but I was just like, why do I like, why is this a thought in my head when I know this isn't right? But I was just like, this is crazy considering, you know, my half of my family is black and my 
other half is so supportive and inclusive and, you know, whatever. I was taught to love who I am and everything. But mm-hmm. why? And even the stereotypes of being scared of black men. And I remember growing up, I always used to cross the street. Oh, listen, I'm scared of all men. I mean, true. Yeah. But I mean, it's different for women because, you know, men are scary. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Like, why? Why am I doing that? Why is it that I would assume a white brand is better or higher quality than a black I brand? Way more than black. No, no. Brand. I- a white, white brand. Yeah, like a brand owned by white people, you know? Oh. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, why do I assume that that's it's better? better? Yeah. It's not black. I mean, I, I don't I don't think like that anymore, no, but, I'm, but I'm just like, there's so many thoughts like this. So I, I feel like if people can kind of admit how they really feel about certain things and, and try and break that down and be like, yeah. oh, why do I associate black girls with being loud or you know what I mean anything like when it's just not true like it's just I think we all know now you can't just group one people or one group together and be like oh they're all this oh my Uh, gosh tiktok I'm so so happy for the alt black teen girl because you guys got the yeah. best app for you. When I see, I oh my god, I saw one. It was like, "Welcome to Black Alt Spooky Talk." I was like, "What? This is <laughs> this is everything. This is amazing. <laughs> this is me. Like I'm. It's so. I, I'm so happy for you guys. I hope you find. We don't have any teen black girls listening to this. Maybe they will one day. Um, <laughs> I hope you guys find different people that are. Into Because, like, with my sister and I, we love, like, we were raised on, like, I don't know, just, like, what we like. If you know me, you know what I mean. Look at our page. Like, the 90s, the Y2K, like, whatever. Um, And that was deemed, I was felt, I was made to feel like I was whitewashing myself. Or I was. I was, I like, it wasn't valid that I liked alternative music and, like, Mm -hmm. whatever. So finding a community of Black people that like that, too, is so fun and, like, so amazing. Yeah. I think we need to stop within our own self making boxes. Like, it's okay to like Megan Thee Stallion and Taylor Swift. That's who you like. It's fine. Never yeah. thought I'd hear Grace say that. Just I mean, personally, I don't like Taylor Swift, just a disclaimer. But she's, ne- she's never liked her music. She's tried it, and she doesn't like it. Yeah. So it's just that's not the only me. reason but I'm why. Saying it's that. okay for you to like that. It's okay that you like we like tennis, and it's okay that we like yo. I like yoga. Like it's okay, you know. And I just hate that black people, especially women, are made to feel like you can only like this. You can only do this. You can only talk yeah. like this and use these words. And no, yeah. we're regular I always, people. Yeah, it always it always felt like within my family, like I have aunts and cousins, like my aunt and I read Twilight together. And I thought it was like super rare and special that like me and her love Twilight. And like I have like a cousin who's into like Disney and she's like this incredible artist, but like she she's into all like that like comic-con stuff and like marvel and it's so cool and i thought it was just our unique family and which is like 
it's great that my family is like that, but it's just nice to find other black people in the community who are into those same things. And yes, I think it's perfectly okay that Grace loves the Guggenheim. And also what's what's another I don't what's what's the opposite of the Guggenheim? Um, I don't know. That is like I mean there's not a, a black art museum doesn't really exist coming soon. Somebody's Oh, somebody, Me? somebody, somebody were manifesting that into existence, but you but, know what um, I mean? It's like, but you're like also, I, you could, you could say like, I like Monet, but I also like Basquiat, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. And like Basquiat doesn't have to be the only street artist you like or, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So it's just, let's open our arms to loving different things. Yeah. We are multifaceted human beings. I know. And um, I feel like black women need to come together. Yes. yes. <laughs> See, I also grew up in a family of mostly women. So, like, we love coming together as black women. But I, I would love to see more of our age group, our, you know. Yeah, I, love- I think there's a narrative with women in general. But black women, there's just this weird thing where it's like, oh, she doesn't like me based off a look. Or, yeah, I don't know. Like, she's to this. So, I we don't get along. Or... Whatever, and I I worked with so many people who were like, oh, she's not, you're not hood enough for me. And then they would talk to me, and they'd be like, oh, you're actually super cool. And I was like, yeah, we actually have a lot in common, huh? And and like <laughs> we would be cool, or like they would just be like, oh, you're maybe you're a little too like you like rap or whatever. And then they meet like it's just we need to yeah. let go of the preconceived notions and just come yeah. together. We're all we I got, re- ladies. <laughs> I recently there at my. One of my workplaces in the last five years, um, there was only three of us in this workspace. And one black girl, I thought she didn't like me. And I didn't know why, but I'm a pretty, she's pretty like quiet and I'm pretty loud. So I thought it was because of that, which I'm not everybody's cup of tea, no matter what, sometimes (laughs) because I'm super loud and whatever. And then we finally like, we broke down, broke the barriers and became like friends and she she was like yeah I asked the other black girl like is she one of us because like I didn't speak in a certain way and I didn't dress in a certain way and she had all these preconceived notions it was like is she one of us yes I'm one of you my skin color I'm black I'm yeah I am like, black. I am black <laughs> like and I was like I was like girl what and like like, we became friends, and I was like, that was why you wouldn't talk to me on our shift? Because yeah. you thought I wasn't one of you, quote-unquote? Mm-hmm. Like, what I is think, that? Yeah, we just need to be more open-minded and just more will- – because I think we all know we have so much against us already. Like, we don't need to be bashing each other, each other, bringing each other down – like, we need to be uplifting and supporting each other. And, like, of course, yeah. not everyone's going to be best friends. That's not what I'm saying. But it's just we need to just come together, like, period, <laughs> at the end of the day. A lot of us across all race, nationality, gender, we should all be coming together at this moment. Um, if you aren't registered to vote, please vote. Um, if I know you personally... If you don't think I'm looking up if you voted, you are dead wrong. <laughs> I will be looking up everybody. 
register so to vote. So this is your vote, warning vote, now. Vote. And it's not just register. It's if you did it. If you voted. So I will be go- I will be looking it oh up. My this is my warning to all of you. You better do it. Because I, because then if you don't hear from me, you know why. Dominique is playing no games. Yeah, I really let a lot of you slide in 2016. We're not doing that again. I'm yeah. not doing that again. Okay. We can't, we can't have him in office. And then what we're going to we do have a lot is, of these people in office. We're going to continue to vote in smaller elections. That smaller elections. Matter. You don't changes happen on the state and city level. Okay. And so actually, um, I was having a little debate with one of my friends today about voting and everything. And she brought up a really good point. Because I was saying, like, how important it is to vote in the smaller elections to the people who, you know, pass laws and make the laws and whatever. And she was like, yeah, that's so true. Like, it's so interesting how they only market the Mm -hmm. presidential election and nothing else. And I was like, wow, you are so like, I knew that. But I was like, that is a really good way to put it, because if you only market the presidential election to people who already are iffy about voting, why would I vote? Because nothing has changed. You know what yes. I mean? So that makes so much sense to me because it's just, but that the president doesn't have that much power, but okay. Trump has really done some damage okay. already. So that's, I, you know what like I mean? So a lot of people, and I'm not here to debate facts or anything about this. A lot of people will be like, Obama hasn't done or didn't do whatever. And, and you guys see Trump doing all this stuff. He's signing a countless amount of executive orders, which Obama did not do. Obama didn't have the Senate or the Congress that he needed to pass laws because he can't write them. He passes them, which is like, whatever. But to your point about the marketing, that's a financial thing. A lot of money goes into these presidential elections, like, and they still, mm-hmm. that's why they can't, it's a, it's a money thing. And mm-hmm. people then will be like, well, I don't like the candidate. Well, did you vote in the primary? Right. Like, yeah. So yeah. when you vote in the primary, you're helping the decision be made on who runs. Because you guys, if you didn't know this, if Iowa hadn't gotten so messed up, Joe would have dropped out then. So um, just keep that in mind. So vote in your primaries because primaries are very important to helping you pick that candidate then you won't be saying to yourself, even though I don't believe this statement for this election, that you're voting between the lesser of two evils. You won't feel that way if you yeah. didn't do your part to do that. And it's the same with like the attorney general elected position, mayor mm-hmm. who appoints police chief, yeah. attorney general, or is an, a, is an election, governor, election, state senators, elections. Anyone who, really in power who makes are, decisions. And that is from us. And if you're, like, not seeing the... Anyway, sorry, guys. We got cut off. Um, I didn't mean to end the recording. Grace? Hey. Oh, sorry. Anyways, to the point is, if you are frustrated with the candidates, please vote. And if you are able to, maybe look into the... To donating... Or, you know, petitions to get certain people on ballots earlier on. 
Yeah, I think yeah. we just need to, in general, get more educated Hated. about all this stuff. I know I have so much more to learn. Um, yeah, and like always, remember I hate like just remember like the president usually doesn't sign so many executive orders and is there to pass bills and make them laws, um, which Congress and Senate write the laws. If I'm Correct. My dad's going to be like, no, no, you're not correct. <laughs> um, but it's so it's it's hard to be frustrated. It's it's hard for me to hear people complain about. Um, not this president, because everybody you're right. You're right. And just to complain about this man, but other past presidents and but they didn't vote for like midterms. And I'm yeah. just like, <laughs> well, we got You put up that quote, like if they didn't want us to vote. Oh, I'll, that quote? I'll, I'll get it. I'll get it. I'll get that it. It's if your vote didn't matter so much, they wouldn't be trying so hard to keep you from voting. Mm-hmm. So, like, remember that. And, like, obviously, there's more things that can be done. Um, besides voting, but voting is the first step. Yeah. And we just, we, it's, yeah, like you said, the first step. We just have to keep building, keep voting, keep picking the officials that are in Washington. Yeah. And like, I mean, look into them. Look who's donating to them. Like, look, things like that goes into influences how they vote when they get into or like they pass laws when they get into those positions like if you don't if the company that is donating to that politician doesn't support something that you like if someone is being supported by oil companies and you're really passionate about um climate change maybe don't vote for that person maybe help out that other person who's running you know Mm -hmm. so and if we can get Kamala in, that is a big win for us black girls and yeah. colored girls in general. But colored girl, I mean, she's a Southeast Asian slash black slash Jamaican, like represent for the Caribbean girl. Okay, like that is gonna be and so don't take the headlines and like not actually look into like because I was I was. Really, uh, like, I didn't enjoy Kamala's voting pass, which it's, like, it's fair to question her and push her on, like, if you're presented with something that has to do that with that now and you hear mm-hmm. your constituents saying that you should have done things differently, what are you going to do today? Obviously, we should question and push her on those issues. But, like, I watched a video of her in, like, 04, 06 talking about how she knows that we need to get the money back into the community and education and welfare programs and stuff like that. So that crime goes down in stuff. And she was the attorney general. She couldn't do anything about the laws that were written. Right. Because she was the attorney general, not a state Senator. And also, (laughs) but like, that's a tangent, but like look into them deeper. Look into the question. I also noticed how quick, people were to jump on the negative with her. Mm. 
And I felt the same way with Obama when he ran too. I mean, Hillary too. I mean, it always happens, but everyone was very quick. And everyone was really dumping on her before we did the research. And this is just, mm-hmm. and it's just because we're conditioned to automatically break down black women. That's just what we're conditioned mm. to do. And we need to stop the cycle. Yeah. Not to say like she's, you know, the best person in the world, but who is? Okay. Yes. I'm sick of people acting like angels when like. like but we... obviously she's in a position of power. We should hold her to a higher standard. Yes. Yes. And I think her. Her voting record in what is she a senator? As the Senate has been mostly on track of, for what I believe. So you know you got to ask those questions and push her. But if she is saying, if she has grown and learned and listened to her constituents, yeah, then that's all you can ask of her. That's all you can ask of her. She can't change the past, mm-hmm. and maybe she would if she could. Maybe she wouldn't. I don't know that answer, but we got, yes, ask the questions. Push her hard. But if she's showing you that she's growing through action, then I don't know what else we can ask for. I mean, she wasn't my choice for VP, but I'm not unhappy. Yeah, it's great. Black woman. I wanted Val Demings, but it's fine. Um, (laughs) Kamala, we love you. But yeah, we just, we need to just calm down yeah <laughs> be kinder to each other be kinder to each other i hate to sound like ellen but like be kind to one another um my parents have always tried tried to teach me to like hear people out mm-hmm. give them a chance to speak on their issues yeah i and, think like, a lot of times people's story yeah i was gonna say that especially like working in the service industry oh the amount, and I think I just have one of those personalities where people just tell me their whole life story I've learned over the years, but it's so eye-opening to see and understand why people are the way they are because of what mm-hmm. they've been through and where they've come from. And you believe a certain thing, but, you know, someone from who grew up in the Bronx, shout out to Cardi B, you know, like, <laughs> they grew up very different from you and I you know so it's just it's interesting and I think it's better to also for black women I think it's nice to have you know friends who are different and not all from you know the same background as you and yeah have different experiences and different likes and dislikes and it's just oh my gosh it makes you like such a well like I don't know if well-rounded person is what I'm looking for, but it's so, like, I learned so much from Grace because you would think we have all the same interests, and a lot of them are the same. But (laughs) I learned so much from Grace because we are different or, like, from, like, any of our friends, really. And I think, but I just want to impress upon people that are not Black women that when we're saying, telling you our stories of how it is, please believe us because we don't want to go through this. So why do we make it up? Yeah. Yeah. We don't want this. We would like to be treated as equal human beings. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes people, if you're, if you don't, they don't see the extreme, like, no, I'm not getting stoned in the streets, but (laughs) (laughs) you know what I mean? And I think for some people it's like, Oh, just get tougher skin. No, I have tough skin. That's, Mm -hmm. 
when your character and who you are as a person is being degraded and looked down upon every day of your life, it sounds it sounds so dramatic, right? But that's our reality, you know. Yeah, black men are lucky. I stopped fighting them in clubs because <laughs> I was freaking over it. Like, let me tell you an example. One last story time example <laughs> of my life as a black woman. So in college, Grace and I and our friends used to go to this 18 and over bar. And like a lot of the athletes would go there. And a lot of the athletes happen to be black men as well. And obviously, like we found them attractive, whatever, doesn't matter. <laughs> but what? we would literally watch them in the bar hit on all of these white girls and then it'd be like the end of the night and they're like, hey girl. And I'm like, hello. And they're like, I've been staring at you all night. Like, and I just like, can I get your number? And I'm like, I saw you get rejected by 20 white girls. And then you came to me and you expect me to like fall at your knees. Yeah. Like, no. And they're like, what? I didn't do that. I didn't see you. And I'm like, the bar is about 10 feet, so. Yeah, I was like, you caught me. And that's like, okay, like, we don't have to date. Like, what? that's fine. But, like, let's not pretend you didn't get rejected by every white girl in here and then come to me and be like, think that I should be grateful. Yeah, or like, this will that be you're consi- that, I, that I'm being considered by you. Mm-hmm. Like, please don't do that to me anymore because... You catch me on the wrong day, I will be fighting. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Not really, though. <laughs> now we sound crazy. Yeah, I stopped doing that years ago, though, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That is funny. Yeah. Yeah, and Grace, like, I don't know if you didn't believe me, but you, like, would never join in on the fight, and then she was single and joined in, and I was like, Yes! <laughs> <laughs> no, I would, would definitely, I would see it, but I was just like, we're never gonna see them again. So it's whatever. <laughs> and I was like, no. <laughs> or we'll see them next week, but it's fine. No, I saw you once, and then never again. Yeah. I think you're falling in love. Uh, but anyways. <laughs> you and that TikTok. I know. I am so, black. It's so funny. Oh, TikTok. Yeah, but I love being black. Love my ladies. We are the bomb. Oh my god, everybody should now, if you haven't before and if you haven't started, go watch the show Girlfriends on Netflix. It'll give you a peek into the black woman experience. And it's hilarious. And so. you should watch. Most of you probably have, but Insecure, I feel like that's a very... A lot of people haven't seen the show. Really? I mean, I guess it is I, on HBO. I just watched it for the first time this summer. Yeah, it's been nagging you for years, but it's fine. Yeah. Um, I yeah. Insecure is good because it's modern day, and it, it kind of encompasses... Yeah, I mean, everything. It's just yeah. a black woman's experience. Oh, my gosh. Woman's my friend and I were talking about Insecure today, and we were laughing at all the L.A. jokes, and I was like, yes, my friends don't get them. <laughs> but anyways. <laughs> yeah. Moving right yeah. along. <laughs> just kidding. What's another show? I don't know. Girlfriends. Oh, and... um, I know there's a couple documentaries, actually. But oh, a lot, of them, one a lot of them are focused on hair, though. 
which is you know a big part of our life but um what's another black girl movie oh girl strip that's hilarious uh, that one's about black friendship i love that yeah. movie that one black that movie was friendship. tiffany haddish's breakout role and uh kofi even though he was on he was on Queen Sugar, but Yeah, you know. I was gonna say, is that his breakout? That was his big on screen role. Um Let me look at my movies right here. You know, it's kinda tough because there really haven't been I mean, Insecure is like one of the first shows that really highlights No being Girlfriends a, is Well uh, yeah, but is the first show and then Insecure. Okay, fine. But Insecure is different in the sense that it's so modern day now because Girlfriends is obviously older, but it, it started in two thousand. Guys, Grace is making it sound like it's an eighties. Okay, but I'm like Insecure is literally right now, so it's yeah, like that's that is kind of a ten plus year gap. So, but yeah, I mean Insecure is just encompasses. I think what we go through. Yeah, I mean, I guess Girlfriends is too. I guess I don't really know what my point is. You're just like it relates to now because it like is happening literally right now. And and I think it's mostly only focused on two characters, which is like girlfriends is like the friend group. You know what I mean? Like they all have their storylines, but it's like the group. And insecure isn't really all about the group. It's just about Issa and Molly. More. Yeah. But Issa has given credit to Girlfriends for inspo, so that's what I mean. Yeah. It was, like, the original. Uh, But but there aren't really that many shows that we can look at. Shows, correct. But Black... But, oh my gosh, I saw this thing, and it was, like, this TikTok, and it was, like, why was there so much Black representations in the 90s, early 2000s? So much. Like, what was happening? We were on such a roll. I know. What and then it just, like, like took a sister, hold. Sister, That's So Raven, Smart Guy, um, Martin. Mm, Martin. What is it? Ooh, what's Family that values? one show? Is that what it's called? No, but... Um, Living Single. Oh, my gosh. What's the show? Um, show. No, you're going too old. Moesha. I'm talking about... My Wife and Children. Um, Bernie Mac Show. Bernie Mac Show. Uh, oh, my gosh. That one show with Kyla Pratt and the Wayne's brother. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Oh, my God. What is this show called? Proud Family. I mean, that's an animated show, but the rest is the <laughs> that. Boondocks. Uh, just kidding. That was not in the 90s. <laughs> well, I'm talking about just, like, before 2010. Okay, then, yeah. The Boondocks, I think, counts. Oh my gosh, what Kyla Pratt. Gotta look this up, man. Dr. Doolittle, the Eddie Murphy version. One-on-one. That's what that movie, that uh, show was called. That was good. Kyla Pratt. Um, Ray J. He was in that. <laughs> Everybody Hates Chris. Oh, I love that show. Grace loves Everybody Hates Chris. And it's actually so funny that I live in Bed-Stuy and like that's where Chris was from. <sighs> so was Biggie. And Tupac was born. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and well, Jay-Z, right? Yes. And Jay-Z. You know. Anyways, guys. So... 
that's this week's episode. We hope Brianna Taylor gets justice in some way. Ooh. Anyway, sorry. I'm now looking at IMDb. I'm sorry, guys. Okay. Anyway. Um, well, I was looking for black shows. Okay. Yeah, Brianna um, Taylor and her family deserved better. Way better. I mean, this isn't. I'm not gonna say I was surprised by this verdict. No, um, I was kind of expecting it, all, um, because that's. I mean, I didn't think they would. Ins- I didn't think they'd insult us so much that they charged him with endangering some walls over an actual person. Yeah, but, I mean, yeah, nothing surprises me in this country. Anymore. Frustration. Um. Yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. Next week, we're going to have our girl, Parker, on. It's going to be great. We're going to get some good advice. More lighthearted than this week. Way more lighthearted. <laughs> um, if you guys have, you want us to do a certain subject, leave a comment on the Instagram. Please leave a review. Subscribe to the podcast. Yes. If you have Tell any your questions, friends. yeah. If you or your friends have any questions, burning questions. Oh Should we put that? I'm gonna put a little thing on the or, Instagram. Or I did a story on my Instagram. I did stories of being black in America, and a lot of black Ooh. women submitted, and those stories are actually really interesting. Maybe we should have read them. Should have read them. Yeah, on here. Well. Well, oh, too late. Too late now. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, guys, we will, you'll hear from us next week. I'm going to have to listen to some podcasts to see how these people end these things. Because <laughs> it's not getting better. In fact, it's getting worse. I mean, this is um, like an 18-minute outro. Okay. Bye. Bye.